The Trouble with Being a Demon. Part 1 of the Fiends with Benefits series. A Good Omens Fic, written by Verdant Valpis, read by Literarian. Chapter 15 I Might Die of Dismay Crowley nuzzled deeper into the warm pillows, fighting consciousness, chasing the sweet, cosy comfort of slumber. He was deeply comfortable, warm, and his dreams had been mild and boring. The sheets smelled faintly of lilies of the valley and strongly of Aziraphale. Aziraphale. That's why the pillows felt so warm. Completely awake now, but too afraid to open his eyes, Crowley tried to slowly unnuzzle himself from the comfy angel, lest he embarrass himself further, but a soft kiss placed to the tip of his nose told him it was already too late. He cracked one eye. Two blue eyes smiled down at him. I, Angel, Crowley grinned, trying for suave but only managing sleepy. He yawned wide enough to unhinge his jaw and had to work it up and down a couple of times to get it to click back into place. That had been an amazing nap. How long did I sleep? He wondered, aware of how his naps could get away from him. A day and a half, Aziraphale smiled, kissing his brow. You looked so comfortable, it seemed like a shame to wake you. You stayed? Crowley felt himself blush, picturing Aziraphale wrapped around him while he slept for more than a day. Of course, Aziraphale answered brightly. My intention was to get some Crowley cuddles, and I'm happy to say I achieved my goal and then some. Crowley would have been more offended if the angel didn't look so comically pleased with himself. It was insufferably adorable. All right, calm down. Doesn't count when I'm unconscious, you gits, he snarked. Aziraphale smirked at him. The angel seemed to have recently taken up smirking. He'd dabbled in it from time to time in the past, but since leaving Heaven's employ and since meeting his counterpart, Aziraphale had smirked much more often than ever before, and Crowley wasn't quite sure what to make of it. On the one hand, it didn't bode well for their arrangement, where Crowley was the principal smirker and as such did the smirking in this partnership thank you very much. He liked it that way and didn't appreciate the angel honing in on his territory. On the other hand, a smirking Aziraphale did things to Crowley. Flushing crimson again, the demon hurriedly cleared his throat and turned over to avoid pressing his hardening effort into his bedfellow. Um, anyway, 
If manhandling me into bed and fucking me senseless is your way of getting cuddles, Raphael, then let me just say, I wholeheartedly endorse this venture. Oh, that was actually a bit of jealousy on my part, if I'm being honest. Raphael admitted, and Crowley had to turn back to look at him again, confused. Antony was so close to Zira, and you were being standoffish, and I suppose I felt put out. I know we're not yet where they are, but I had hoped you'd be more receptive. <coughs> Crowley asked, wrinkling his nose. There were plenty of times he had zero understanding of what Aziraphale was prattling on about, and this was definitely one of those times. His usual go-to response was to shrug non-committally and hope the situation would sort itself out without any effort from him, but since he was apparently being implicated in some way, Crowley was now forced to break out the hmm. Well, I was offering myself to you for comfort and telling you how proud I was of you and all you wanted to do was stare at them. Aziraphale huffed, getting annoyed all over again for Crowley's supposed past sin. What? Hey now, I wasn't staring at them, Crowley argued. I was watching Antony, yeah, but only because he was threatening to bloody stab me, all right? Raphael did not look impressed. Crowley wanted to roll over and go back to sleep. Satan save him from oversensitive angels. Antony didn't say anything to you, Crowley, Aziraphale deadpanned. I was sitting right beside you. He did, Crowley assured the angel, unsure if it mattered. Just that you didn't notice it because you, being an angel, aren't exactly proficient in Pitcant. Pitcant was a highly secret one-handed sign language known to all the OG demons. The lexicon wasn't overly extensive, since the language was created shortly after the fall for use in a war against the angels that never actually came to pass. As such, it was mostly good for silently communicating orders and threats without mortals or enemies or spousal angels catching wise. Even admitting to the existence of Pitcant was a flayable offence, but since Crowley had already committed an uncountable number of those, he told Aziraphale all about it now. For example, let's say there was a dark-haired demon who just lost the sex battle he was favoured to win, but was prevented from acting out by the strong embrace of a principality... Crowley knew he was skating on thin ice with Aziraphale, but if he was going to plummet into the icy depths, he was going to paint a bloody scene first. That demon might use his free hand to sign a clear message to the red-headed underdog that he would stab me in the throat. Crowley used figure quotes to illustrate Antony's actual threats. And that I should 
never be alone. Aziraphale looked a bit uncomfortable at that. Show me some of this pit cant, he challenged stiffly. Crowley sighed, rolled his eyes and flashed a quick succession of signals with his left hand, translating to, this angel is highly stupid and if I don't kill him I might die of dismay. Aziraphale watched the signing and nodded, apparently satisfied that it was, in fact, a language and not just Crowley messing with him. Again, Crowley would be more offended if that weren't exactly the sort of thing he would do and had indeed likely done in the past. What did you just say? Aziraphale asked, his temperament much demurred. This angel is the light of my life and I would die without him, Crowley answered seamlessly. Oh, darling, Aziraphale gushed, pulling a startled Crowley back into his arms and kissing him deeply. Crowley froze for a moment, shocked by the sudden affection, but the way the angel's mouth moved against his had him shuddering in boneless pleasure and returning the kiss within milliseconds. It still felt so new, this full sensual kissing. He hadn't exactly had the opportunity to kiss that many people in the last century. It was always a surprise when it happened. But this? This felt like something else entirely. Aziraphale moved against him and also somehow through him. There were long-forgotten parts of Crowley lighting up like fireflies from the angel's kiss. It felt transformative. He was shedding a worn skin and returning to a truer state of being. Also, he was hard enough to cut glass. Angel, he groaned, kissing along Aziraphale's throat to his shoulder before lightly biting down on the flawless skin there. Can't get enough of you, Aziraphale, please. Yes, darling, Aziraphale moaned, surprising Crowley by leaning into the bite. I'm yours, Crowley. And he'd be blessed if that wasn't everything Crowley had ever wanted to hear. He fairly launched himself at the angel, twisting the blonde up in his unworthy, gangly limbs and kissing him madly. Air was now a luxury he had no time for as he dove into the kiss over and over, deeper and deeper. Aziraphale met him earnestly, an equal in his passion. Kiss for kiss, thrust for thrust. Crowley surrendered to it, pulled it over himself like a blanket until he was coming hard from it, drowning in it, laughing and sobbing and dying and being reborn. They weren't so much holding each other as clinging to one another, gasping as their lungs remembered how to suck air now instead of love. 
that was, that was splendid. Aziraphale sighed. Was, Crowley agreed, pulling himself back together in stages. This was perfect. He liked this. He liked this very much. They pressed their foreheads together and breathed each other's air until the sweat on their skin cooled and their heartbeats were back to something closer to normal. You're amazing, Crowley whispered. I can't believe you followed a weird-sounding voice on a weird cellular telephone all the way to another world just to find me. You'd have done the same, Aziraphale smiled, kissing his fingers. Crowley shrugged, but nodded. He would have, and more. And he didn't sound strange at all. He sounded just like me. Well, I believe I said, Crowley teased and squealed in delight when Aziraphale swatted his backside. You are a fiend, Aziraphale growled playfully, nibbling Crowley's ear. You delightful, maddening creature. They lapsed into a more relaxed state, lightly holding each other and gently trading touches. It felt oddly experimental to Crowley, running his fingers over curves and muscle he had grabbed in his passion earlier without really appreciating their strength and beauty. The pale skin was no less gorgeous for being marred by crescents where he'd bit down or tinier moons where he had dug his nails in. Part of him still felt like he should have been consumed in holy fire or turned into salt for daring to touch Aziraphale like that, and yet the angel seemed content, even proud of the little marks. Crowley felt oddly jealous that he wasn't sporting marks of his own, something more tangible to remember the moment by. Then Aziraphale began lazily stroking the inside of his arm, and Crowley shivered in a puddle of quivering goo. <laughs> Pitcant, Aziraphale chuckled. Sneaky demon. Me? Crowley murmured, blissed out on the touch. Or Antony. <laughs> Antony in this case, Aziraphale laughed. Threatening you under our noses like that. Cheek. Cheek, Crowley mimicked dryly. That's one word for it. I'm sure he didn't mean it, though. The angel smiled. He was probably only teasing. You don't think he'd stab me in the throat? Crowley turned slightly to give the angel his signature eyebrow. You really don't? Well, fortunately for both of us, he won't get the chance. Crowley? Aziraphale warned. Cause I'm gonna stab him first. 
Crowley summoned a switchblade with a flourish and made a couple practiced jabs in the air. Aziraphale huffed and stole his knife, leaving Crowley momentarily confused as to how he was so handily disarmed. You are not stabbing your counterpart, Crowley, Aziraphale scolded him. Stab, poison, smother, Crowley shrugged. I'm not fussed on the particulars, Angel, so long as he snuffed. Good lord, Aziraphale chuckled. <laughs> stop it! You stop it! Crowley teased, nuzzling into Aziraphale's neck and making him giggle deliciously. You're going to have to be more supportive of my murder sprees if this marriage is gonna work, you know? Marriage? Aziraphale exclaimed in alarm. Crowley froze, eyes wide in terror at how badly this had just gone sideways. He reluctantly pulled away, thinking furiously for a way to laugh this off, but a quick glance at the angel dimmed that hope. Aziraphale was staring at him in utter shock. I mean... He gulped, looking away. Just that where this is going someday, yeah? He tried, gesturing to them in the bed, and also the whole of the cottage and everything around them. Please agree, please agree, please agree. Crowley, Aziraphale said softly. Let's not rush ahead of ourselves here. Sira and Antony only married after thousands of years of being together, and we've no way of knowing exactly how things will go for us. This is all still rather new. Right, yeah, totally, Crowley quipped lightly, slowly bleeding out. Totally different situation, us. It's not that I find the idea unappealing. Aziraphale continued, and Crowley winced. Not unappealing, Crowley echoed vacantly. Okay. Finding it untenable to continue this conversation while naked, the demon slid himself out of the bed and snapped himself into some clothes. The glasses slid into place like the visor on a helm. This isn't what I meant, the angel sighed. I'm not saying this right. Please come back to bed. It's fine, Crowley waved it away. Don't worry about it. Forget I said anything. Crowley, come back to bed, please, Aziraphale requested, but Crowley was positive he'd rather Antony stab him in the throat. Thing is, he growled, knowing he was being an idiot and unable to stop himself. They didn't wait thousands of years. They did it right after Armageddon. But they loved each other for centuries before that, Aziraphale reminded him. Crowley stared at him for a moment, utterly dumbstruck. And... That's how we're 
different. We haven't. Crowley turned away, unable to continue this telescoping overshare. Every word dug him in deeper, revealed his weakness to a lethal degree. He'd loved the angel for as long as he could remember, and he could remember far more than a few measly centuries. He knew they weren't exactly where Zira and Antony had been after getting sacked by the authorities, but he had hoped they were at least on the same bloody page. Of course I love you, Crowley, Aziraphale insisted. It's fine, Crowley assured him again. Really, overstepped is all. Happens all the time. Used to it. Fine, just need some air. Why don't I nip on downstairs and bring up some coffee? Or me some coffee. Tea for you. That would be... Be nice, Aziraphale said, looking at him warily. Thank you. Two sugars in mine, please. Yeah, Crowley nodded, already out the door. I know how you take your tea, Angel. He could hear Antony and Zira talking in the kitchen and wrongly assumed it was safe to enter. At this point, he really should have known better. Sure enough, the husbands were standing at the kitchen table, looking through the pages of notes littered across its surface and discussing them in depth. They paused when he entered, and it wasn't until he was pouring himself some coffee that he noticed Antony's trousers were around his knees and Zira had been quietly fucking him against said table while they planned. Crowley did a double take, rolled his eyes and finished pouring his coffee. Don't let me stop you, he told them. It's your house. You heard the man, Antony quipped. Keep moving, angel. Zira shrugged and obliged, easing back into his husband in slow, even strokes, while Antony turned a page. Crowley shook his head and took his coffee to the sink to fill the kettle. See, I'm pretty sure it happened during the ceremony, Antony was saying. So I don't think that's going to help us at all, actually. Did it? Zira sighed. I suppose you might be right. For some reason I thought it was a couple days later when we were in France and snuck into Chateau de Combourg. Oh, yeah, that was... <laughs> right there, Angel. That was special, all right, but we were already merged then, I'm sure of it. What are you two doing? Crowley barked, hitting his limit. While you two have been sleeping the hours away, we've been working on how to get you two kids home, Antony told him. Crowley suspected Antony was trying to look cool and superior, which must have been difficult to pull off while being slowly pounded against an oak table. He managed fairly well, though. 
Crowley was impressed. Sounds good, he nodded. What have you got? Can I help? Nothing terribly useful so far, Zira stammered, snapping himself against his husband. Oh, it's difficult because we did so much experimentation with our powers thirty years ago, so remembering when we learned this summoning circle and uh, how we learned it is troublesome. Yeah, Anthony agreed in a long groan. Once we married our powers, a lot of this stuff just sort of... Ah, uh, uh, shit, sorry, fuck, they're right there. Well, better avoid anything to do with words like married or merged, thanks. Crowley growled bitterly. That's just not in the cards for us, so we'll need to think up a different solution. Ah, uh, what? Anthony groaned. I thought things were going well. Crowley laughed bitterly, wishing he could be just about anywhere else. Is that offer to stab me in the throat still open? He asked Anthony. Always, Anthony answered brightly and flourished a freshly summoned blade, which Zira managed to twist out of his grip a second later. Crowley still hadn't seen how he did it. So much for that idea, then. It's fine, Crowley shrugged, turning away. Everything's fine, just not... Look, we don't have to get married. We don't have to do what you did. It's the 21st century. Marriage is a dead institution anyway. What did you do? Anthony growled, glaring at him. Crowley growled and glared back before turning back to the tea. I thought you liked the idea, Zira grunted pleasantly. And our ceremony was really very lovely. Doesn't matter, Crowley snapped. Angel doesn't want it. Stun, find another bloody way. The husband stilled and looked at him, then Anthony sent a questioning look over his shoulder at Zira, who sighed forlornly. <sighs> Sorry, dear, he blushed, pulling out. I lost it. Anthony groaned in defeat, and the two of them pulled up their trousers, looking sullen. I have an idea I can pursue, Crowley told them, desperate for escape. It wasn't much of an idea, to be honest, but it would get him out of this damned cottage for a while. Where exactly are we? How far is it to Eastbourne? Eastbourne? Zira repeated, surprised. Not far, I suppose. We're just outside Braid. Crowley entered it into his cellular. It wasn't far at all. Right, be back in a bit, he told them and snapped himself away before they could argue. 
it eventually became apparent that Crowley wasn't going to return with tea, so Aziraphale got himself dressed and came downstairs in search of the sulking demon. Zira and Anthony were in the kitchen, but Crowley was nowhere to be seen. I believe Crowley had been making you tea, Zira told him as he entered the kitchen. Aziraphale accepted the offered cup and sat at the table, curious about the notes strewn across its surface. Anthony sat down across from him and quickly gathered them up. They briefly made eye contact, but Aziraphale didn't care for the dark look the demon gave him, so he quickly looked away. Where is he? The garden again? He asked lightly, not wanting to infringe upon their evening with his drama. No. Eastbourne, we think, Zira told him. Although we're not sure why. Aziraphale blinked baffled as well. He wasn't surprised that the demon had run off, that was rather in character for Crowley, really, but if he was going to leave the cottage, why not go back to London? What could he want in bloody Eastbourne? Aziraphale snorted. Is he wanting some time at the beach? Oh! Zira snapped his fingers. The beach! He looked over at his husband, who was looking back at him now with grumpy incredulity. Didn't you know a selkie who haunted one of the beaches in Eastbourne? Rupert, Anthony offered. Yeah, he hangs around Holywell, but he's a total tosser. That may well be, but can't selkies find portals? Zira asked pointedly. Aziraphale was definitely very confused, but too intrigued to interrupt. They can, Anthony drawled, looking a bit uncomfortable now. Zira was frowning and looking very troubled. It was probably time for Aziraphale to say something, but Zira interrupted him. Isn't Rupert somewhat... He faltered, wringing his hands. He's quite a bit evil, isn't he? Oh, he definitely is. Anthony nodded emphatically. I don't know this individual. Aziraphale blurted in frustration. Who is Rupert? Why would Crowley go see him, and is he in danger for doing so? Rupert is a selkie I've had dealings with from time to time over the years. Anthony told him coolly. He's an absolute asshole, but he's got his uses. If Red's looking for a way home for you two, it's possible he'd ask Rupert for information. And yeah, that's not exactly safe, especially not now that it's getting late. Sun might be well down by the time he finds him. Selkies are more dangerous at night. Then can we please go get him? Aziraphale snapped, beyond worried now and feeling quite irritated by Anthony's tone. Anthony shrugged. Serves him right if he gets eaten, 
Crowley, Zira warned. At the same time, Aziraphale blurted out a shrill, Eaten! He took the Bentley, Anthony growled. It honestly took Aziraphale longer than it should have done to figure out why that was a problem. Anthony's Bentley. Good Lord. No wonder the demon was in a bad mood. I'll find him, Zira stated firmly, unfurling his wings. Aziraphale stumbled back slightly in surprise at the size of them. They were easily one and a half times the span of Aziraphale's own, and where his feathers were a brilliant white, Zira's shone in a faint iridescence. He shook himself out of his shock, keeping himself focused on what really mattered. Wouldn't we cover more ground if we all went? He argued, wanting Crowley back in his arms as soon as possible. So he could strangle him. He's just gonna be a twat if he sees you, honestly. Anthony told him, rolling his eyes. Best if you stay here. Then he turned to his husband with a dry look. Thought we agreed no wings in the kitchen. Gonna be finding your damn fluffies for days. Excuse me? Aziraphale argued, detesting the shrillness of his own voice. But I am not staying behind if Crowley is in danger. <laughs> Anthony snorted. Rupert's an evil bloody sot, but he's not gonna mess with us. You're staying behind as well, Zira informed Anthony, earning a scowl from the demon. We've tried it in other pairs. Let's try this now, he added obliquely. Anthony's scowl melted slightly at that and vanished completely when his husband leaned in to place a sweet kiss against his lips and whisper something in his ear. Zira was gone. Anthony was on the other side of the kitchen, and Aziraphale felt a familiar little flip in his stomach. What just happened? Aziraphale yelped, truly alarmed. Did you stop time? Yeah, a bit, the demon admitted. Blame Zira. He wanted me to enchant something for him and give him a head start before you started squawking. Squawking? Aziraphale squawked. How very dare you! If Crowley is in danger... He's not in any more danger than he normally is by being his damn idiot self, Anthony hissed. Rupert knows not to mess with a fucking principality. He'll go to ground as soon as he sees Zira circling. That did make Aziraphale feel a bit better. He knew his aura was enough to cause many evil beings to scamper off and hide, and Zira seemed to have greater power still. That didn't erase the sting of being left behind, though, and he said so. I got skiffed too, remember? Anthony sulked. 
not exactly thrilled about that myself. I think I may have mentioned that your sex buddy stole my bloody car. Sex buddy? Honestly, at this point, Aziraphel felt very much in danger of experiencing a stroke. Point is... Anthony raised his voice over Zira's exclamation. Point is, Zira will snare him and bring him and my car back here safe and sound. Then I will stab him in his bloody throat. Not before I strangle him. Aziraphale grumbled, dropping back into his seat with a satisfying harumph before taking an angry sip of tea. Anthony quirked his brow at him, smirking. What are you mad at him for? He teased. He's just looking to get you both back home. Zira was looking for a way to get us home. Aziraphale corrected him. Crowley is just running away and being a prat. Anthony laughed at that, a warm, rich sound that stole Aziraphale's breath away and robbed him of more than a little of his ire as well. Goodness, Anthony had a wonderful laugh. <laughs> Anthony chuckled, taking his glasses off to wipe away a tear. You're not wrong, he admitted. Wasn't expecting you to say it, but you're not wrong. He grinned at Aziraphale, his topaz eyes shining with mischievous glee, and Aziraphale felt himself flush, feeling that odd rush of love and attraction all over again. Anthony's gaze became more heated in response. Did Crowley tell you we were only... Sex buddies? Aziraphale asked, clearing his throat and looking down into his tea. <clears throat> we had a disagreement before he left, and he decided to vanish before we could resolve things. About you not wanting to marry a demon? Anthony asked with mock brightness. Anthony obviously felt wounded by the perceived slight as well. Might have mentioned something about it, but no, Red didn't say you were sex buddies. I did. Well, don't, Aziraphale snapped. I don't care for that term at all. Just because I'm not ready to marry Crowley doesn't mean I don't love him very much. I'm amazed that you are being so terribly small-minded about this. Anthony leaned against the worktop, adapting a more neutral expression, a gesture Aziraphale recognized from vast experience as Crowley conceding a point. The angel's shoulders relaxed a bit as a result, and he sipped his tea in silence. Might be a while, Anthony said finally, slipping his sunglasses back over his eyes and grinning again. So, what do you think, Angel? Wanna make out?